This is Raw Cut. Welcome to Life Burst. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. And today's story, from tradie to clergy. Don't go away. Yes, welcome to Life Burst. Today we are chatting with Russell. Thank you, Russell, for coming in on today's show. Thanks for having me on. Now, let's start where we start with all of our guests. So, where did life start out for you, Russell? Life started out for me in Elizabeth, in the northern uh, suburbs of um, Adelaide. And um, Dad was a bricklayer, so um, Elizabeth was being built. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's uh-huh. where life started out for me. Okay. And uh, we might even have a little uh, a photo of you <laughs> from the very early days. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's so, uh, yeah, this is uh, you on the on the site watching your dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you uh, you grew up, did you have siblings around you? Yeah, that's right. This was uh, this photograph was almost 60 years ago. Wow. Uh, um, I had um, uh, two sisters and a brother, but uh, I've just uh, had an older sister at that point. Um, one of my very earliest memories was being woken up from a nap by my father and being taken out into the bright sunlight to see his brand new car, uh, 1960, uh, it would would have been 1965 E.H. Holden. And there's a photograph of that. Yeah. Right. I remember that day. uh, I remember that, uh, seeing that car and being really excited about it. And we know this is an old photo because you've tinted it in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice effect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth now is a really built up area. What was Mm. it like growing up when it wasn't so built up? It was really actually a lot of fun. It was uh, really like being uh, on the edge of the country. We were in the in the burbs, but uh, we used to go for long hikes, my friends and I, up into the hills. And, um, One Tree Hill, for instance, we right. used to, to go for hikes and walk through the fields and uh, have a lot of fun, get up to a lot of misadventure. Right, yes. Any stories there you can tell? I uh, just remember uh, one time uh, walking across uh, a farmer's field and he, he started chasing us and managed, we managed to get to the fence uh, just before he did, so okay. we got through. <laughs> Yes, I did do that one again. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, growing up with with one sister, uh, did, how did how did that go? Did you uh, go s- do separate things or, or find what common interests to play together? Yeah, uh, we did. We, uh, my sister and I, uh, my, all my siblings, we all got on very well, and um, uh, we um, we actually moved when I was about ten years old. We moved from Elizabeth to Fairview Park, the Tea Tree Gully area. And um, that was perhaps even more adventurous because we had a big reserve uh, and a big creek uh, right next door to us. So we used to go for uh, uh, great adventures through the through the creek, mm. okay. catching gabbies, you know, do, doing all the things kids love to do mm. and getting dirty and coming home late. So. And now that is also a now built up area as well. And indeed. That's, that's closer to the hills than Elizabeth. Indeed. So did indeed. that hiking continue? Uh, uh, Yes, I finally got a bike, my very first bike after we moved to um, the Teacher Gully area. We used to go on bike hikes and one of the favourite places to go was up to the Little Parra River and there was certain ponds that was all downstream from the Kersbrook Trout Farm. So we used to to camp, uh, set up our tents and and catch uh, rainbow trout in the the ponds. I think there's a photograph of uh, one of the ponds we used to camp Mm -hmm. at regularly, catch rainbow trout and... 
uh, fantastic memories, of, uh, great adventures mm. as a kid, uh, going up and uh, camping out and in in, in wandering through the hills. Yeah, did you just do that as kids, or did your your folks go with you? No, no, only as kids. No, yeah. no it was uh, my a group of friends. Um, I had a friend, Stephen, uh, Ken, uh, Michael. We, we, we just uh, get together and go up and pitch tents and, and camp and yeah, have a great time. Yeah. Things you just can't do so no, easily now. Can't no. Yeah, great mm. adventures. Mm. How was schooling for you? Was school something that you uh, took too well, loved? Uh, no, uh, I um, I used just to fool around too much. I think, but. Uh, I, I really actually liked school. I liked learning. I've always been a great uh, believer in, in, in learning all you can. But uh, I found um, that you know, I just did not seem to be able to. I've never passed a test in my life. <laughs> so, uh, no, school was, uh, um, yeah, I, I turned uh, 14 and my parents said, look, um, you're not doing very well at school. You never have. Why don't you leave school and become a, uh, a bricklayer and be, become apprentice to your father? And so um, I did. I um, actually was left in the school holidays. Uh, I uh, um, was still 14. I didn't even year, finish year 10. Um, I had actually had to get uh, education department permission to leave at uh, 14 years of age. Okay. So I became an apprentice to my father. Right. As a bricklayer. What was that like working with your dad and your family? It was good, actually. Um, I guess uh, as far as my siblings were concerned, I was the one who spent the most time with him, and I, I was the one who really got to know him. We had a really great working relationship. It was he was the boss, and I was the apprentice or the, the, the his employee on the job, and then we kind of just naturally go back to father and son at home. So mm. it really worked quite well. Okay. And did they, did he ease you into the job, or was it something you'd already had a bit of a go at, uh, wanting to help out? Yeah, when, just as a little kid, he used to go along to the building site and, Dad, can I help, you know, and he'd give me something to do. But um, I remember my first day on the job thinking, oh, yeah, this will be all right for a year or two, you know, before I do something serious. But uh, we ended up working together for 15 years. Right. So, uh, I... Um, I didn't take to it like Dad did. My dad was a, a craftsman. He was a real tradesman. Uh, he was really good at it. And um, I really feel sorry for him having to put up with me for so long. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, uh, I, it, it was something that didn't come naturally to me, something I really didn't enjoy. And I didn't just didn't share that joy that he had in it. So Because it's not easy work, is it? It's, it's not. quite it's, repetitive. It is extremely repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, I, I just... Yeah, it just didn't capture me like it. Yeah. He was—he loved it. He he lived and breathed it. He really did. He's, and he was very good at what he did. So there's so many houses popping up when I lived in the suburbs, and mm. you would watch them putting the bricks on and, and build, building the homes. And mm. was there like that sense of like accomplishment? That wow, I I did yeah, that. I made yeah, that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, it's, it's funny because um, sometimes. I'll be driving through a suburb and thought, man, we built a house around here. I wonder where it is. I wonder, you know, what sort of a home that became, you know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That is a thing that some people wonder about. Yeah. It was, but um, being a tradesman, it was it was a good thing because it gave me a grounding. You know, I would go on to build my own house one day, so. Right. So mm -hmm. some practical skills. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Okay. So worth the, worth the endurance yeah, during it, that time. Yeah, it gave me money. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 15 years of old age, I, I began my working career. Right. As a bricklayer. Mm. 
Right. Um, what about like two-story houses? Did you ever do any of them? Or yeah, yeah, we um, only worked on uh, brick veneer um, housing construction around the Adelaide um, uh, suburbs, uh, mainly the northeastern suburbs. Uh, mm -hmm. Later uh, in my career, I worked uh, on a, a bit more um, uh, multi-story stuff. Okay. But uh, my dad did something something uh, for me. Um, my dad was a col great collector of old junk. Mm -hmm. And I remember one particular day we were driving uh, to work early in the morning and Dad suddenly stopped the car and said, oh, look, somebody's left a box of books next to a rubbish bin. So, I, you know, I kind of just sunk down in my chair thinking, oh, no, you know, how embarrassing. But um, Dad uh, picked up this box of books and brought it home. And amongst it was this particular book. And he'd begun to read it, but then put it on my desk. And I asked him about it. And he said, uh, oh, it's a book about Jesus. I thought you might like to read it. Okay. And uh, I've got this that book um, here. It's the actually very book. the very book. The very book. Uh, wow. It's called The Days of His Flesh. It's by David Smith. And um, it was published in 1905. And it's a very old and very difficult book to read. But the miracle, the, the surprising thing was that I, uh, at the age of 15, uh, picked it up and couldn't put it down. It does look very much like the tools you'll be working yeah, with. Yeah, it's very big, but it's like is. the size of a brick. It is. It was, but, it, but seriously, you you you, uh, you read this as uh, as a fifteen year old. Really yeah. big. Uh, read something out of it. The it, interesting thing was there was some um, pages that were still stuck together, and it, they'd never been it had never been read because you had to slip the pages open at the top to to, mm. to read it. But uh, it's a commentary on the life of Christ, on the life of Jesus, and. Uh, for particular, there was one particular um, uh, some uh, sentence in it that, um, that Jesus spoke with indefatigable assiduity and obsequious alacrity, and so I, I would sit with a dictionary in one hand <laughs> and this book in the other. But the miracle was I, I couldn't put it down, and uh, what it did was it it introduced me to Jesus, and that was a life changing moment for me. I'm really fascinated for you just to like open up and just read something out of it, like for the the language and everything. Oh, that's okay. in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you said that it's quite old. Well, nineteen oh. Uh -huh. Like it's, uh, uh, that, that, that would perhaps be just a little bit difficult. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's. It, wait, wait, it, we, we'll it, go to a break. We'll let <laughs> Russell find something, and we'll come back. Uh, we are chatting with Russell today here on Life Bells with Sarah and Matt. If you like what you're hearing, please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app, or you can share this on social media. This is Life First with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Russell. Now, Russell, give us that line that you said before. Uh, a line from the book was the author said that uh, Jesus spoke with indefatigable <laughs> assiduity, <laughs> obsequious alacrity. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, it basically means he spoke slowly and clearly and in a way that they could understand. And yes. Mm. Unlike how we can understand, understand all that. The, the, the irony. <laughs> yeah. so, but it is ironic that you, as someone who had dropped out of school, uh, come across this book that was very mm. random, but you couldn't mm. put it down, mm. uh, even though the language was, uh, you had to work at it. Yeah, that's right. I remember one of my friends looking at this book uh, on my shelf and saying, "What? what is this book? And uh, when I told him it was commentary on the life of Jesus, he said, oh, what are you, a nerd? <laughs> and so, yeah, it was a pretty nerdy thing to do, I guess. But uh, this was a life-changing moment because it actually set me on a spiritual journey. Um, this book 
um, told me all about Jesus, but I didn't actually even have a Bible. So it got me interested in, in this person, this character, this man, uh, Jesus, which uh, set me on a spiritual journey. Right. So to clarify, this wasn't a part of your story or uh, before this point, there wasn't, uh, you weren't brought up. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, when we were kids back in Elizabeth, we went to um, Sunday school and mum and dad occasionally attended church, but it was, a, as they would confess, it was a, more a social thing. It was something that everybody did. So you did it, but there was no real spiritual witness in the home. You know, there was no, um, I mean, never said grace or anything like that, you know. So your dad picked this up because... Well, he picked this up and gave it to yeah. you because... Yeah, because he was in, interested in old books. So, um, and for uh, some reason he thought I'd like to read it, but I'm very, uh, very grateful that he did. Right. So where did this journey take you? Were you sceptical at first? Were you, did you have lots of questions? Yeah, I had heaps of questions, mm. uh, heaps of questions. Um, it, it, uh, it, as I said, it, it, the book introduced me to Jesus, but uh, I was 15 years old and... and Let's face it, 15, 16, I suddenly realized, hey, there's women out there, you uh -huh. know, and I, uh, puberty and all the stuff that goes with it. And uh, I um, had bought my first car, really fast car, and started running with a fast mob. And so went out. What was and, your car? Uh, <laughs> an XA Falcon, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I became a Ford man. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Elizabeth is known for Holden because it's for the Holden. This is right, yeah, yeah. Just for those who didn't know mm. that. The fact that you got a Ford. I know. Well, he'd moved yeah. out of Elizabeth by then. So, so yeah, that's was, right. But so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. most of my friends were Holden fans and I just liked the Falcon. I could afford it, so I bought it. and uh, mm. Rebel. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're hanging out with a group of guys who are also into fast cars. That's right, yeah. Pretty fast, uh, fast times and we used to go out and do some... Um, pretty silly things. Before I turned 18, um, I um, uh, had two run-ins with the law. Um, my friends and I went out one night and tore up the neighbourhood and we were caught and brought home and had to face juvenile court. The second time we uh, did something um, even just a little bit sillier. Um, we broke into a council depot because we knew that they were keeping alcohol there. So um, we got caught again and I faced juvenile court again. And um, I just remember the pain in my parents' eyes uh, when uh, through these things, and uh, really felt the um, the guilt and the burden of that, and um, great regret. So um, uh, that was part of the spiritual journey for me. Okay, mm. where did that lead you to? With having done those things, having had this search in going on in the background. Yeah, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to make things right, and I really didn't know how to do that. You know. But um, I kept on running with this crowd, but then um, uh, tragedy struck. Um, I lost um, three friends uh, over a course of 12 months. Mm. Um, one of my, um, the kid I grew up with was killed in a motorbike accident. Uh, another, my best friend was um, killed in a, a motor vehicle accident. And another friend um, committed suicide. And um, I st really started to begin to, to wonder, well, what's life all about? Mm. Uh, what, what, what is it, its meaning? What, what is its purpose? You know, um, How old were you when all this happened? Uh, between the eight ages, about 18, 18, 19 years of age. That's very big. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I um, had planned with this, my friend uh, Terry was killed in a motor, uh, with a vehicle accident. 
uh, we had planned to go up to Queensland together and um, uh, we were going to go in his car. And um, just to honour him, I just um, went to, uh, on my own. I hitchhiked, uh, hitchhiked up to Queensland um, in 1982 uh, on my own and um, really caught the, uh, the travel bug, the, right. the wanderlust, you know, and really mm. um, I ended up uh, hitchhiking right around Australia and um, um, ended up getting a panel van and, and travelling around in that too. Okay, and uh, you took some items with you, including guitar, I'm seeing here. Oh, okay. Um, in 1985, I bought a round-the-world ticket oh, and wow. uh, travel, went around the world, um, 24 countries um, over the course of a year, just travelling around. Wow, okay. The thing was, I didn't tell anybody I was going. I just planned this trip and I left. And the first, note, the first thing my parents knew about it was that I was sending my postcard from South Africa. Okay. I really, um, I just wanted to be just prove my independence and my freedom, you know, and uh, it wasn't a real uh, relationship building thing to do, um, but it was just me being proud and and wanting to assert myself, really. Mm. So you'd obviously moved out of home, Um, or did you just Yeah, I I, I sort of came and went, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, um, I spent a whole year traveling and uh, that really opened my eyes up to the world. It was a really, really, really good experience. Okay. Mm. Highlights of those, those travels? Oh yeah. Too many. Um, well, um, my father was actually, um, born in South Africa. So I had, um, uh, rallies and all over to visit there, which is really, really something. And that was, this was still back in the, um, apartheid days. Okay. Um, then, um, I did uh, Europe and North America and, um, yeah, highlights. Oh gosh, too many. But uh, I love Canada. Um, I got a, bought a bus ticket across Canada, and uh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Okay. Why do you like Canada? Um, it was a Commonwealth country, and um, uh, I don't want to knock the Americans at all. I uh, love my time in America, but uh, uh, I, I could just—I really related with Canadians more as a, as a Commonwealth country. Okay, it's a bit hard to explain. But, yeah. yeah. Well, that's quite a whirlwind. So you, you went from just a trip to Queensland, caught the travel bug, and by this few years later, you were now travelling the world mm-hmm. and I guess uh, bricklaying to, to pay that off. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I, uh, I sold um, everything I owned to uh, to finance this trip, including actually um, um, one of the first great loves of my life was a 57 Chevy that I found as a rusted wreck and spent three years restoring. And that uh, that went to, to pay for this trip. So uh Yes, another great regret. You really mm. wanted to go yeah, away, didn't I you? Did, did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got to the end of that time. Did you feel like I've done that now? I'm fulfilled, or yeah, where did that leave oh, you? Oh no, I just home? kind of. Uh, I got home, um, and Dad said, "Yeah, you can come back to work with me. No worries." So I'm back on the job, and thinking, "Oh no, you know, how long until I can go again?" So uh, I um, I took another uh, trip overseas in. Um, in uh, to, to give my sister away at a wedding in um, uh, in England, and uh, uh, that was uh, just a very short trip though. But I, I made another trip. But something happened to me in the meantime. Um, I um, had travelled around the world. And I travelled around in Australia, and something that just kept on happening was I kept on meeting Christians oh, okay. who tried to share their faith with me, and it, they became very very annoying and <laughs> <Right>. I, knew, <laughs> I knew all about 
We will come back. We're going to stop right there. He got my signals because this is like a really good spot to stop. (laughs) Here on Life Bus with Sarah Matt. Hey, did you know this show is available in video too? You can find it at rawcut.com.au. This is Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting to Russell today. And Russell, uh, just rewinding a little bit before we get to those those annoying Christians that you encountered, uh, back after those tragedies with your mates uh, passing, and uh, you discovered uh, another part of South Australia that's mm. been really special to you. That's right, yeah. I discovered Goolwa. Mm. Um, I um, went down with a couple of mates for a, a, a weekend, we ended up in, uh, meeting some of the local lads, and um, I became really good friends with them. And uh, I went down. I think uh, I didn't miss a weekend for three years. And so uh, I ended up buying a, a block of land on, uh, on Goa Beach there, and uh, I put a shed on it. And uh, I used to make that home uh, live in my shed. Uh, I did that for many years until the council found out I was living in it. Uh-huh. And uh, I uh, yeah made that home for for many years. Eventually, one day I would build a house on that block of land, but I just used to live out of my shed without power or running water, mind you. Real camping mm-hmm. or glamping. Yeah. Sort of. yeah, I used to love it. <laughs> right. So it was from there that you then uh, got the travel bug, you, you did yeah. the overseas mm-hmm. trips. Uh, and uh, as as before the break you shared, you started encountering people who mm-hmm. uh, happened to be Christians. Yeah, who just wanted to share their faith with me. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I knew all about Jesus. I read the book, you see. Yeah. So, uh, but um, I just uh, had too many questions to for them uh, betrayed the fact that I, I just really still didn't know Jesus. I knew about him. I just really didn't know him. That was the biggest, the big difference. That was the hurdle that I needed to uh, uh, jump to uh, the kind of faith. Yeah. What you were like expecting to meet a real person, like yeah, you know? yeah. oh okay, yeah. Um, uh, I uh, discovered that uh, knowing Jesus is uh, um, is a a faith commitment. It we um, believe that Jesus uh, uh, lived and still lives, and He lives in our hearts. He lives uh, inside us, and that's what I needed to discover for myself. Oh, so you were thinking that you were going to meet like a real person on earth, hands, feet, like you. Yeah, no, I know. In in a spiritual sense, I know that okay. um, uh, it's a relationship because um, Jesus uh, is um, uh, Jesus gives me a, a relationship with God. Mm. So did that uh, those promptings from others? Uh, how did they affect you? They got you thinking and, and yeah, reading yeah, and searching yeah, again? Yeah. Um, I just realised that uh, these people had something I didn't have. Right. I had one particular uh, friend, it was actually uh, my sister's flatmate, and her name was Sharon, and we became pen friends. And uh, at first I managed to convince her that, oh, yeah, I was a Christian. I kind of owned that that tag because I'd read the book, see. But um, uh, we would write to each other, and um, and she knew that I wasn't uh, uh, had made a commitment to follow Jesus, and so she would just gently encourage me. And uh, one day, she actually wrote to me. She said, um, "Russell, there's a church out there. There's a church family missing your, your participation, missing you." 
and that really struck me. I thought, yeah, I, I, I'm sitting on a fence. I really need to make a decision. I, I'm, um, uh, if I believe that Jesus um, uh, lives, then am I going to make a commitment to follow him and put my trust in him? Okay. Hmm. And so did, when you made that that decision or that challenge, was that something that sunk from your head to your heart immediately or was there yeah, a Yeah, it was a long road for me. It really right. was a long road. Nevertheless, uh, the, just little things along the way, I really felt being called. I really actually even felt being, uh, that I was pursued by God. I really felt that uh, uh, I was drawn into that um, into faith in Jesus by um, by Jesus Himself mm. by the Spirit. So did you mm. did you like take a take a leap and go and visit a building like a church uh, or did yeah you just yeah that that's basically how it is. Uh, I was down at Gore one day and I felt um, uh, there's a lot of things that happen too many to um, uh, to describe, but I, I I was in my shed and I felt that I really ought to. Um, explore more uh, uh, and dis- discover more about faith in Jesus. So, thought, who do I know who's a Christian in town? And the only guy I knew was a uh, Christian was guy Davy was a bit of a surfy. I kind of looked at new, and so um, I went along to his church one Sunday morning, and um, there were some young people there, and they kind of welcomed me in, and I just began to um, uh, learn more, and I finally got myself a Bible <laughs> so that I could actually read for myself. The, the Gospels and find out uh, about, about Jesus through the Gospels. Mm. Wow. So quite a journey that led you to that point, and you're still bricklaying at that time? Yes, I was still bricklaying at that time. Uh, a few things ha- um, happened after um, I came back from my travels. I w- was working with my father uh, and um, we were actually building a house for my sister out at Golden Grove. And um, Dad was standing right behind me, and he'd said something and then sort of stopped mid-sentence, and I turned around just to see him fall. And um, he'd had a massive heart attack, and I kind of scooped him up, and he kind of convulsed, and he was gone. Just um, He died there in my arms on the building site. Wow. And um, that was... Um, yeah, uh, again, a very life-changing um, experience. But um, it, 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 it um, um, I had at that point made a, a commitment to Jesus, and I really felt carried through that uh, that uh, experience, and I really felt that um, uh, God carried me so that I could carry my family through the grief of that too. Yes, I was going to ask, how do you go home that night and mm. tell? your mother and your siblings that their father has passed away but passed away in your arms how did you do that what happened that was tough we um all met at the hospital um it was it happened one um about mid-afternoon and Mm -hmm. so um we all managed to meet together at the hospital and um uh, I was in the nice pastel room waiting for the, and the doctor told me that he, he was gone. And then slowly then my, mo- my mother arrived and then my sisters and then my brother and we all managed to come in and, um, yeah, and, that, and share the grief. Mm. But um, uh, the one huge difference was I had this relationship with God that um, just gave me this awesome peace and a, a tremendous strength too. 
and I just found that uh, prayer, prayer, which is just simply talking to God, made all the difference for me. So you didn't get angry at God? You didn't? Uh, no. No? No. But, no. but your dad was, was gone. Uh, it, how yeah. how could you not be angry? He wasn't here anymore on earth with you and he should have been here because that's what dads are for. They yeah. should be here. No, um, I've never been angry at God. I see being angry at God pointless. Uh, uh, all life uh, belongs to God. All life returns to God. Um, it's um, being angry at God is really futile. Uh, if um, we know God if we know and understand that um, life is... Uh, transitory um, death is a part of life. We're all going to have to face that. And the best we can uh, do is face it uh, with courage and strength. Um, anger um, doesn't mm. achieve anything. Mm. Mm. So do you believe that your dad has gone to heaven to be with God? That's between him and God. Um, I can't say. I would like to think that the commitment or the, the uh, what the, the that he made that the the beliefs that he had um are um you know i was uh, just meaning in general yeah, just yeah saying right, you're a christian yeah, do yeah. you believe that he's gone yeah. to heaven and that mm. we go to heaven and stuff like yeah. that Th that's yeah. it yeah. um yeah. we all make our own choices in life we're all accountable only uh, for our own decisions before god so mm. yeah. so even as a, a fairly new um person who's you know, committed some of this to heart, mm. You uh, that carried you through a really uh, significantly difficult time. Yeah, 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 it did, yeah. Yeah, I had a tremendous peace mm. about it. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, um, I guess uh, it, it's important to, um, uh, when you uh, um, put your trust in God, you trust God with everything, life and death. And I really felt that uh, um, just God blessed that that simple trust. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that and being yeah, honest. That's a, a difficult thing to go mm, through. Mm, mm. Uh, but we've got more of your story to share as, as to where you went on from there. So uh, stay tuned. More life bursts to come right after this. In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects one in 1,000 children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a Raw Cut community service announcement. Welcome back to Life Bus with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Russell today. And uh, for those who are watching the show, either on community television or YouTube or Facebook, we're going to put up a picture of Russell's dad. Now, for those who are just listening to it, Talk us through the picture Russell, right, that we've right. got up on the screen of your special father. Yeah, that was uh, this a, a picture of Sydney Leonard Mallet. He was um, it was fifty eight when he died, so that was just taken probably about a year or two before. And uh, Dad was a connoisseur of fine red wine. Uh -huh. He had a, a wine cellar and um, at one count about seven hundred bottles. So uh, wow. he, he liked he liked his red wine. <laughs> wow! Now you were saying. I'm just off a recording that the passing of your father sort of freed you up a little bit more and you met yeah, your well, now wife. So tell us how you met her. That's right. Um, uh, God gives beauty for ashes, it says um, in the Bible. And it means that um, if we give him 
our uh, our ashes, he'll give us something beautiful in return. And out of the ashes of a, a 15 year um, working relationship with my father, um, God gave me a, a wife and a family. I um, uh, worked on my own for a while and um, uh, didn't w- like working on my own, but uh, I discovered that there was a, a group of Christian tradesmen who used to volunteer their time to work on um, different projects. And so I joined uh, Mobile Mission Maintenance, MMM, hmm. and uh, I went to Victoria, worked, worked over there, and then I went up to, to Sydney, heard that they were building a, a big community centre. And so I went up there. It was about 300,000 bricks. It was a really very big. Wow. I thought, oh, I'll give it three months. Mm. So I, um, I went up there and I was billeted with a family. Uh, Greg and Janine were their names. And um, uh, I, I arrived on the, very f- the 1st of September, 1992. Mm-hmm. And on the 4th of September, 1992, um, Janine said, look, the, um, some of the young adults are getting together and they're going to go to the movies. Do you want to come along? I said, sure. What what's movie is playing? And she said, well, what I thought she said was strictly boring. <laughs> and I some thought, might say what that a strange movie. name for a movie. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, thought, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll go along. Yeah. So we um, went along to the uh, to uh, the, the Roxy Cinema at Parramatta, uh, approximately a quarter past seven uh, on the night of the fourth uh, of September, nineteen ninety-two. I was just standing there in the uh, in the doors, uh, the, the big doors there, and in walked uh, Janine's uh, younger sister, Vanessa. And I thought, oh, I, I'd seen one photograph of her. I thought, oh, she's cute. Uh, that must be Janine's sister. So we got talking. She just come come back from overseas and. Um, we went into the to the movie and sh- she sat down next to me. I thought, oh, this is getting good. And uh, <laughs> we loved the movie. And afterwards, we went to Pancakes at Parramatta. And there was a big group of us. It was probably about 20 people. But all I can remember is that just she and I being there. So mm-hmm. anyway, it, uh, it, it blossomed from there. And uh, uh, like I said, I was only going to spend three months, but I ended up spending three years. So Wow. Mm. And I love that you've like time stamped those memories. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I left um, for a short while. I had to come back to South Australia, and uh, when the three months was up, but uh, um, I she wrote me a letter, and I wrote to her back, and I think um, I said uh, I'm coming back to Sydney. Would you go out with me? So. Uh, I uh, gave her a little bit of warning. So, uh, and she said? She said yes. Mm-hmm. She, she confesses that when she opened the letter, she went to the end of it first. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, mm-hmm. how lovely. Okay, well, how, how did you propose to her then? Uh, I proposed to, to Vanessa on the first anniversary of our meeting, uh, so the 4th of September 1993 at the outside the Sydney Opera House. It's really, we went out for the for the evening, went out to dinner, and then we walked down to the Opera House, and a show had just finished, and there was just this mass of people walking out of the uh, Opera House to, to go home. And we were the only two walking towards the Opera House, and um, I kept on saying, uh, "Could everybody please leave? Vanessa uh, and I want to be alone." So we got lots of chuckles about that. But so we walked down to the end of the, uh, underneath the, the opera house there and I proposed and she said yes. So we were married um, uh, in, um, uh, oh gosh, better not forget that. You remembered <laughs> the, all the other ones. <laughs> the, uh, March, <laughs> 90, March 1994. Not, yeah, right. Beautiful. And so you. Oh, there's a picture. Yeah, Lovely. You, you were a wedding in Sydney and three years total you were 
you were there, were you, in Sydney? Uh, yeah, we stayed, um, uh, we, we kind of hung on and I kept, um, got working. Mm-hmm. Vanessa was a florist mm-hmm. and um, she had uh, commitments, but uh, uh, yeah, we spent the first year of our marriage there. But then I had my block of land down at Goolwa with mm-hmm. the shed on it. And so we came back and lived in the shed while uh, we built the house. And um, Did you have power and water for your new oh, wife? Uh, yeah, I had to uh, get that sorted out for my bride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so life, uh, married life started out in a in a shed. Well, not quite, but uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, in in Sydney, but we, we had lots of blessings along the way, lots of little confirmations, and uh, we still have a fantastic relationship, Vanessa and I, mm. even after twenty seven years now. So, um, congratulations. While we were living in the shed, just shortly before we moved into the house, um, our first uh, child, Bethany, was born, and um, then we had Jordan, and then Caleb and Jemima. The photograph of them when they were kids are a bit older now, though. Right. Yes. <laughs> they, they grow up after some time. So, mm. uh, yeah. So, li- how did life change with the the coming of the family and the growing family for you? Yeah, I really thought um, I, I was tired of bricklaying, tired of the building industry. Just felt physically, I really couldn't keep up with it. I'd have built my house and knocked me out. I thought. Is there something else I can do? And but is there something I can do for God? Mm-hmm. And I really felt uh, called to um, the ministry, so I started exploring that. And um, Vanessa and I decided that when we were married, that um, we would um, uh, commit our Christian lives to uh, married life to um, uh, to serving God in one way or another. And so we went to um, a Bible college. We went to um, Cape and Ray in, in Moss Vale and did a year um, study there. And from there, we went up to Queensland and I was associate pastor at a church, a uh, really happening church up there, which was really exciting. But I felt that I needed to be better prepared. So Vanessa and I came back to South Australia and we uh, enrolled at... Uh, uh, Bible College of South Australia and did uh, a degree. It took uh, four years. So. Right. Mm. And was this different to your schooling years when, you know, now the. Very different as a mature age. Mm. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. So, so years of study and uh, how did you earn a living alongside that uh, as a student, a poor student? Yeah. All right, well, uh, <laughs> that's right, a very poor student. Yes. Um, I was very, very blessed uh, that we had um, generous friends. Um, um, Vanessa was able to keep working. She always has. She's always been able to find uh, work as a florist, mm-hmm. and she could do that. Um, she's a mighty and wonderful woman who could uh, raise children and work as a florist at the same time. So uh, she... she uh, uh, she was the chief breadwinner for many years there. So, right, mm. yeah, wow. So four years is a big commitment again mm-hmm. to be back at study, uh, and so a sense of accomplishment at, at the end of that. Yeah, yeah, that was um, I, as I said, I was left school very young and and um, wasn't a really good student. But I've always been a, as I said, a, a great learner. Always a bit of a, a sponge. Just want to learn as much as I can. So. Um, that I think that's that's the, makes the difference, doesn't it? That that desire mm. to want to uh, learn and improve yourself. Mm. Mm. So people might understand, like if you want to be, become a doctor, you, what that involves, or if mm-hmm. you want to be, become a lawyer, what 
is involved there with that type of study. Mm. What about when you're at Bible college? What do you study? Is it hard? Is yeah. it easy? Challenging? Like oh, some are easy, like? some are challenging, some are uh, just doggone difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, do you do? What 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 are you specifically studying? Well, we um, uh, I, I guess the, my favourite subject was history. Just love learning about uh, uh, the history of, um, of of the Christian Church and the and the world. Um, uh, some of the other subjects um, with uh, uh, homiletics um, and preparing sermons and, and um, theology, learn just the, which is the study of God, is um, exciting and interesting and um, and powerful. And how fluent is your Greek and Hebrew? <laughs> Thank goodness for uh, uh, software programs that can do it all for you these days. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I do admit I struggle with the languages, even though I really, really, really like really loved um, discovering them. Yeah, well, well done for getting through. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, uh, we're going to find out where Russell went from there right after this. This is Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. If you think more people should listen to this, share this podcast on social media. Thanks for joining us here on Life Burst. We're chatting to Russell today, an uh, incredible story that's mm. brought you to a point of, uh, well, you, you left school early, but you became a, um, Brick well, a bricklayer. Mm -hmm. And then you went back to study later in life. Um, studying ministry because you found a book or your dad found a book on the side of the road mm -hmm. which you brought in today as well yeah so at the end of the four years uh how did it work for you does that mean right you're done you get to you find get a, a job, job yeah. you're, suddenly you're uh financially secure yeah. <laughs> is that how it panned out for you no not quite but right. nevertheless um when i finished study um i was very blessed that uh there was a church willing to give me uh, a go um, give me a, a pay position and um, it was a, a learning um, curve really um, discovered a lot about myself and about ministry uh, it's uh, great to study it but once you're you're doing it it's a, a it's a different ball game what was different but, uh, what was different ah oh, um, you're instead of theory it's practice you're actually dealing with real people with real needs with real concerns real issues you know and um, you, you can't just grab the book and, and uh, what do I say here? You've, <laughs> you've got to be prepared for it. Yeah. Mm. I, I'd already had some great experiences up in, the, in, in uh, the church I was involved in up in Queensland. Um, as I said, I just needed to be, find myself better prepared. So, um, and I felt that um, my studies did. It, was, um, it, it helped mature me, perhaps, is, mm. Was the best way of putting it. Were there times when you felt like you screwed up? No. <laughs> and All my life. how did you overcome those things? <laughs> Especially not in, in those ministry times when you know someone else is sharing stuff with you, mm. and then suddenly you have to support them, mm. love them, and care That's for them, right. yeah. no matter what yeah. happened. I'm yeah. sure there were times when mm -hmm. it didn't quite go right. Yeah, sometimes you, you, you start saying something and um, think, "Is this appropriate? Is is this?" Uh, is this needed right now? Why don't I just shut my mouth and just <laughs> let yeah, let the silence say it? Mm. Yeah, sure. That's part of the learning too, isn't it? Indeed. We don't Indeed. need to always yeah. have an answer. Yeah. yeah. But um, you can convey things non-verbally too. And um, 
uh, I really feel that God's given me the, the gift of really being interested in people and um, really um, genuinely concerned about people and their needs. And um, yeah, I, I've, he's just given me the, the the blessing of being able to uh, uh, work that out mm. uh, in real real situations. So, what from your experience so far? What do you love the most about uh, being able to serve in a in a pastor's role? Yeah. What do you love the most? Right. Um, Ooh, yeah. Big question yeah, sh- right there. Yeah, sharing, <laughs> sharing with people, sharing the journey with people. Mm. Okay. We're all on a journey. We're all on a d- journey of life. And uh, we're all looking for answers in, in, in different situations, in different uh, circumstances. We want to know if there's a hope. We want to know if there's a future. We want to know that our lives have meaning. We, our lives have purpose. And I found that in Jesus. And I want to help people journey that make that journey to in faith with jesus and work through the answers and work their way through their journey have mm. you ever had to do a funeral well, i'm sure you have but... yeah i have and um with people who were dear friends too and um uh they were it was good it was uh there were times of celebration you know celebration of life well lived how do you do that? How do you stand up the front of all these other people who are grieving in their own little ways and you are supposed to be the strong one, you're supposed yeah. to be the one that people can come to and lean mm. on? Mm. How do you do that? Yeah. Especially well, when they're your friends. By not pretending that, that I'm the strong one. Okay. Uh, simply say so I'm just a fellow traveller, a fellow um, journeyman you know, on the road of life and um, it's time now to... Uh, uh, to uh, remember and uh, celebrate a, a particular life uh, and let's um, uh, remember that uh, we have a hope and we have a future and um, the, the, that hope and future is Jesus. Let's focus on, uh, on him. Mm. And what about weddings? Weddings I haven't done. In, weddings I'm not actually um, oh, okay. Yeah, ordained to do <laughs> to do weddings. To do weddings, but but funerals. I've uh, given my daughter away at a wedding, <laughs> and I've given uh, my sister away at her wedding. So, and actually, both my sisters I gave away at their wedding. So, I um, I've had a bit of experience. <laughs> yes, yeah, fantastic. So you you uh, out of college, you a church supported you. You were able to work yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and the a num- journey from there. Yeah, and a number of different churches mm. too. Um, I love um, preaching. Uh, I think well, that's one of my gifts. And uh, I've um, done a lot of itinerant preaching, realised that there was a lot of little country churches right around South Australia that um, didn't have someone to, um, didn't have a minister to share something. So um, I've made myself available and, and travelled all over um, South Australia doing that. It's part of the travel bug thing, I guess. Mm. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that, meeting people in uh, and sharing with people in, in church context in country areas. Now, a question I haven't asked yet is you sort of like became this like Christian person who just talked about Jesus and stuff all the time. How did your family react mm. to when that happened, like your mother and your, your siblings and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, they um, uh, didn't share my beliefs, but they were um, interested and in, in encouraging. Yeah, that uh, certainly haven't been negative. That's, <laughs> let's put it that way. But um, I guess uh, Vanessa, uh, my wife, is uh, um, uh, very strong in her faith. She's got her own amazing faith journey, and she's always been a fantastic support. And we've always um, felt led and led and guided 
in uh, in our journey together in in faith. So uh, we just feel that we're, that we've enjoyed the blessing of God. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've uh, so you, you mentioned your your daughter being married. The children have grown up. Uh, you're still able to. Uh, to do what you feel called to do, mm-hmm. and um, floristry is still a part of the family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Still, um, uh, Venice is still an award-winning florist, and uh, we've still got two kids at home, so. <laughs> mm. And you've also been able to use some of your handy skills ar- around uh, kind of yeah. helped others, you yeah. know, also yeah. for your own properties I'm, along the way. I must admit, I'm a compulsive renovator, and <laughs> we've never owned a property yet that I haven't done something to. So Right. Mm. The the, uh, the bug kind of still stuck with you. Very much so. Of your dad. Very much so. Mm. Yeah, and and um, uh, in that regard, I'm a great lover of old books too. I've got quite a collection. Um, if anybody's throwing old books away, I'm catching them. So. Okay, <laughs> there you go. There's, right. there's a call out. Wait, well, Russell, in the final couple of minutes of our show today here on Life Verse, uh, if you had one piece of advice to share, what would that be today? Yeah, um, perhaps what I've already said is in in the sense that uh, life's a journey, and uh, to journey well, uh, we need to um, we need to know uh, where we're going, where we've been, and I've just found that uh, that Jesus uh, answers all those questions. And if we would just uh, put our trust in Him, just uh, take uh, His hand and um, journey with Him, then we will find the answers that we're looking to in life. And um, so that is. Uh, it began with a book with me, a journey uh, of discovering who Jesus was, and uh, I want to uh, spend my life uh, helping other people find him too. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I can see how all of those pieces of your life uh, have come together. They've shaped you to uh, where you are now and who you are. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Good. It's my pleasure. It's been great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This has been Life First. You can catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts from on community television and community radio. And of course, on Facebook and YouTube as well. I'm Sarah. I'm Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned next time. Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat and Sarah Freeman with production by Reese Jarrett and Kay Hoshra Ozadigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a raw cut production.